everyone and welcome back to the Football Trigger Podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I am joined by my co-host, Pierce McLaughlin. Hello, Pierce. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well. On today's podcast, we are discussing all the latest news and results from the Scottish Premier League and English Premier League. We will be previewing this weekend's or this week's European matches and Pierce will be giving a rundown of all the latest Asian football news. So coming up next, we'll be discussing the latest news and results from the Scottish Premier League. So there was big news that came out um, this weekend from the Scottish Premier League, and that was that Rangers have announced that they had sacked Michael Beale. So the Rangers manager was sacked after a 3-1 defeat to Aberdeen at the weekend, which has meant that the Ibrook side have lost three uh, league games out of the first seven. So Pierce, what is your reaction to Rangers sacking? Michael Beale. Um, I think it, the writing was on the wall. Um, when when you spend that amount of money in the summer, which Michael Beale did to do a rebuild that it was 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 really needed at the club, considering they lost like Alan, the experience of Alan McGregor, um, they lost Alfredo Morelos up front, and they also lost Ryan Kent, and obviously they've loaned out Yanis Hadji as well. So they needed a lot of attacking talent, so they brought in. Daniel from Feyenoord, uh, Lammers, Cyril Dessers, to name a few, and a lot of them have he's been trying to shoehorn them and shoehorn three strikers into the forward areas. It just hasn't worked at all. Um, and a lot of the Rangers fans have been kind of claiming that there's not really been a style of play. Um, it's been a bit passive at times and very defensive minded, considering the amount of attacking talent they've got and. They started the season off poorly with the opening day defeat to Kilmarnock at Rugby Park. And then obviously losing the first fun game of the season and then losing 3-1 at home to Aberdeen, which was the final straw for the Rangers hierarchy. Um, I do think it's a bit premature, but I do think once like, you fall seven points behind so early on in the season, um. Sometimes like that, that can just be the final straw, and like Rangers, they can almost see down, uh, spiral further. So I thought, um, it, it might have been a bit early, but I think the right was on the wall in terms of um, Michael Beale lose his job. But you never want to see a manager lose his job. No, you don't. Uh, you don't want to see a manager lose their job. But um, my reaction to it is that I'm not surprised. Uh, I did have a feeling that this would happen uh, after the Aberdeen. After Aberdeen won at the weekend, um, you know, uh, you know, there's quite a number of things you can you could say, um, as to as to where it went, but I think the big thing, as you said, I think it was the recruitment at the end of the day. You know, we all knew that this summer, this past summer, there, this was probably the biggest transfer window that Rangers have had in a number of years, um, in terms of moving players on and also bringing players in, and. You know, now that that's happened, there's been a lot of change at Rangers, as you said, about the players that have left and the players that have come in. And although we are still early in the season, it does look like the squad isn't isn't as strong or stronger than last season. And it kind of needed to be for Rangers because, you know, there was a major kind of overhaul that had to happen there, but it doesn't seem to have, have happened for the new signs at the moment, you know. There's question marks about where, you know, the recruitment is 
it, you know, has gone well. Um, you know, and to lose your first three league games uh, of the season, um, especially for a, a club like Rangers, you know, with the, the, the wealth and the, you know, the transfer, the transfer money they've got over majority of clubs in Scotland, you know, it's not good enough at the end of the day. And Michael B would have known that, you know, he knows that if you're going to lose your first three games out of seven in the league, then you're going to be in a bit of trouble. And they're seven points behind Celtic. And, you know, although it's still very, very early on in the season, there is a big, strong case to say that, you know, Celtic are going to now go and win the title. Um, so I just wanted to ask, Pierce, where do you think it specifically went wrong for Michael Beale? I, th- I think it goes back to what you... You didn't really see a lot of style of play under him. Um, when you look at, for instance, like a, an Ange Postecoglou when he first came into the door, you seen early signs of what he tried to do, but he didn't have the right personnel. And I think he tried to do similar to what when he was assistant manager under Gerard. He tried to play fullbacks bombing on and inside forwards, but I just don't think he had the right personnel. I think he bought in players that just didn't suit the system or he, were, he was playing players out of position um, and ultimately that's cost him his job um, because it's, it's not worked out at all and a lot of players haven't reached a level that Rangers fans expect because with a club the size of Rangers you're expected to win week in week out and like you said you touched on it earlier um, if you lose three out of your first seven that's you're in, you're in for a hiding from the fans and ultimately lost his job because of that. Yeah, I think where it specifically went wrong is, you know, I think it is a style of play. You know, that's, that's, what, that's what I would say. And, you know, we talked about recruitment and whether that hasn't been good enough. But the players that uh, Michael Beals brought in and, you know, the style of play that he's trying to play, I, I don't really see where like what 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 the idea is from Rangers, you know, when you watch them. Uh you know, it's been very slow. Uh, you know, there's no real patterns of play. You know, you were touching on when Postacoglu joined Celtic, you knew from the signings that he'd made and you knew from the style of play, you knew exactly what he wanted to do. But with Michael Beale, it, it didn't it's I haven't really seen anything to suggest that, you know, well from, from a Rangers point point of view that, I don't think they've seen anything they can kind of attach themselves to and say, all oh, right, okay, I, I see what he's trying to do, you know, give him time. And, you know, the Rangers fans, you know, they did turn on him pretty quickly. Um, you know, and, you know, when the when the fans turn on you, you know, it's going to be a long way back. Uh, so I, I do think it was style of play where I think it went wrong with Michael Beale. I just don't think there was a clear style of play. Um, when you watch when you watch Rangers under Michael Beale, um, and I do think that's where it's sorry specifically went wrong, uh, for Michael Beale at the end. Um, so just moving on to the type of manager, Rangers. So Pierce, what kind of manager do you think Rangers need to try and recruit uh, next? I think they need to, they need to recruit a young, attacking minded manager, because I th- I think Michael Beale was a bit too. Pragmatic at times, like he wanted to play with two holding midfielders. Um, sometimes even switching to a five at the back. Um, and then just kind of 
hitting teams on the counter-attack, where I think Rangers really need to be in the front foot. In the majority of games, obviously, in Europe, that might be a bit different. Um, but they need a young attacking manager that's proven to be successful. It doesn't matter if it's been in Europe. It can be further afield. And I think the one of the main candidates that's been linked is uh, former player uh, Kevin Musket, who's obviously managing Ange Postacogos' old side. So I think if they go down that route, that would be a, a pretty good appointment for them because he's proven that he's, he's been successful in Japan and in Australia. So, um, you know, he's a, he's a young manager and um, he worked under Postacoglis. So I think he will be a good schooling and obviously he's a former Rangers defender as well. So, you know, you'll know the club inside out. Um, so that's the kind of route that he should be going down uh, because Michael Beale. Although he was assistant manager to Gerard under that um, season when he won the league, stopping the 10 in a row for Celtic, um, he wasn't really a proven manager. He'd only been like, a full-time manager in a, couple, a matter of a couple of months at QPR. And his tenure proved that, that he wasn't experienced enough for the job. And someone that's going to go into Rangers has to be experienced. And because the fact is they need to win games and need to be competitive start winning trophies because last season they finished trophyless and that is unacceptable if you're a Rangers fan. Yeah. Um for me, the big thing for me in terms of the next manager they just try to make the two is is experience for me. You know, Michael Beale came in and as you just said, you know, he's only been he'd only really been a manager for a few months before he came into Rangers. Um and you know you know Managing a side, a club, you know, as big as Rangers, you know, it's the pressure and the demand that comes from that. You know, I think Rangers need to try and go out for someone that's that's been a manager for a good number of years, you know, um, also identifies young players and, you know, plays them. I don't think I've seen enough young players coming through the Rangers Academy over the, the last few years, so maybe that's something that you need to try and look at. And obviously the style of play comes into it as well. But definitely um uh, you know, experience because the last two managers Celtic have had, so right now, the current manager Brendan Rogers, he's been a manager for a good number of years now. You know, he's got trophies um and he you know, and he's in his bag, you know, same with Ange Postacoglu, you know, although he wasn't known or heard of in Europe as much, he's been managing for a good number of years before that, before he came to Celtic, you know. He'd also had experience of winning in Japan. So I definitely think we just need to try and go down the experience route. Um, and because I think for the next manager that Rangers get, it's going to be a big, big job for them. Because the squad that they've got at the moment isn't clicking. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're way behind in the, uh, in the title race already. But when you look at it on the positive side, you know, they actually do have a chance of winning a league a league cup um in the next month or two, you know, with Celtic out of the League Cup, Rangers are in the semi final. So um if a Rangers manager comes in and in the next month or two they win a cup, you know, that could really spur that spur that Rangers squad on and, you know, um give them the confidence that they need. But for me, the the type of manager that they need to recruit next is definitely an experienced manager. Um so we will now give you the list of other results uh, from the Scottish Premier League this weekend. So uh, they were Motherwell two, uh, one, one, Celtic two, Hibs nil, Dundee nil, Kilmarnock one, 
St Mirren 1, Ross County 0, Hearts 1, St Johnston 1, Livingston 1. So Pierce, from these list of results, which match stands out to you the most? It's got to be the, the big game at the weekend. Um, Muller 1, Celtic 2. Um, it was a game where it was very highly competitive. Um, Muller were thoroughly deserving of at least a point from the game. Um, they defended well, well organised, and you can see why they're putting up so many points um, under Stuart Kettlewell. And if that is, we touched on it last week, um, they're this, they've got the second most points tally in 2023 in the SBFL just behind Celtic, um, which I think is a remarkable achievement from for a club the size of Motherwell and with the budget they have compared to Rangers and Celtic. Um, and obviously they scored an equaliser in the 96th minute and you're expecting, oh, that's two points dropped for Celtic that will give initiative to Rangers at three o'clock in, in the later kickoff, And literally straight from kickoff, Celtic grab a winner in the 97th minute. And it had to be telling that it was... Matt O'Reilly that scored the goal, considering he literally got a new contract extension in in the last twenty four hours uh, prior to the game. Um, but no, I thought that game was had everything in it. It was that there was chances galore from both sides and uh, some really good football from both sides, and um, it was thrilling right till the end. So it was a uh, nail bait Neil Biden stuff, and it was a, a really great spectacle spectacle of Scottish football. Uh, yeah, that's my game uh, of the weekend. Uh, you know, I'm actually going to be different from you. I fought for 85 minutes that match. I didn't think it was a good game at all. Uh, you know, I don't think both sides really created much. Um, you, know, uh, you know, I think Celtic kind of really struggled to kind of build the game a lot. Um you know, um, but then it came to the 88th minute and the game just exploded, basically. The last 10 minutes of that match was was pretty crazy. Um, you know, I would say, you know, for Murrowell, it's really unfortunate for them. I don't think on the day they deserved um, to lose. I actually felt kind of, it was probably fair that it finished a draw on the day. Um, I don't think Murrowell kind of deserved to lose. Um, but you have to talk about Celtic's mentality. You know, to um to concede a goal in the ninety sixth minute, a minute to go in the match, you know, Celtic could have just thought, oh, it's not our day, we're just gonna have to settle for the point. But right from the kickoff, they, they went right up the pitch and Greg Taylor put in a good ball and you know, Matt O'Reilly's, you know, finish was, was brilliant for a first time shot, the ball was in the air and to put it on his right foot and smash it into the net, you know. A fantastic win for Celtic, and you know, as we've just previously talked about, the fact that Rangers lost as well last weekend, you know, that now means that Rangers and Celtic are separated by seven points. Um, you know, and I think Celtic will be pleased with that because uh, I don't know if you agree, but Celtic haven't made this season. Uh, you know, they've had a very slow start, you know, they've got a lot of injuries at the moment, but they haven't really hit the heights of you know last season. So, uh, no, they'll be delighted with that, uh, especially with the fact how Murrowell have played this season. You know, they've had a really good uh, start to the season, although they've lost the last three matches. But every match they've played in these last three matches, they should be taking positives out of. So, uh, you know, that is definitely the match of the weekend for me as well. Uh, but just a quick shout-out to St Mirren as well. I think I say it every week on the podcast. 
they drew at the weekend 1-1 against Kilmarnock. You know, they're still second. They're still unbeaten in the league. You know, it's been a fantastic start for them uh, this, um, in this league campaign. So uh, let's see how long that, that goes on for. You know, they're playing Rangers at the weekend as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they do. Um, so we also have teams in Scotland playing European matches this week. And they include Celtic versus Lazio, Aberdeen versus Helsinki, and Aris Limassol versus Rangers. So, Piers, what is your thoughts for these upcoming matches? I think we'll start off with uh, Celtic and Lazio. Um, well, Celtic need to at least get something from the game if they've got any chance of progression in a European football beyond Christmas. Um, and also, they need to keep 11 men on the park um, because the last game they played, um, they only they went down to nine men, and that makes it a really difficult task to get anything from any football match, I mean, European elite level in the, in the Champions League. And obviously, last year the weekend lost against AC1 2 0. They're looking for a bit of turmoil with Mirazio Sari, um, complaining to the board about transfers. But like you say, Celtic haven't been in the greatest of form this season. But unlike Michael Beale at Rangers, you can you can still see a style of play under Brendan Rodgers, and slowly but surely the players are adapting to that because they were used to a, a two year spell under Ange Postecoglou, where they played a slightly different uh, attacking style of football. But Brendan Rodgers likes to play a more patient build up and focus on uh, width in the wings, and um, I, I do think you'll see a much more improved performance. And I do think obviously. In recent times, Celtic have played Lazio back under Neil Lennon in 2019, and they managed to get two phenomenal results. But to get to get a result against a, a club of this size in Lazio, I do think Celtic will have to be their, their absolute best. And um, I predict, I predict, I do predict a narrow Celtic win or a draw. I think that would be a phenomenal achievement. And um, because Lazio was a brilliant side, and they've got some world class talent in Luis Alberto and Chiro Mobley, to name a few. In terms of Aris Limassol and Rangers in the Europa League, um, I do think Rangers are Rangers are going through a bit of turmoil. Obviously, managerial change with Michael Beale, which we touched on. Um, Stephen Davis and um, is it Alex Ray's and in interim charge? Um, I do think this game it's tough to call because obviously managerial change, but you do you do expect Rangers with the quality that they have. They would have enough to, to see to see over the line and get three points considering they beat Real Betis in match day one. Um, so I expect a, a, a narrow Rangers uh, win in that one. And in terms of Aberdeen and Helsinki, well, Aberdeen um, in match day one in the Conference League proved that they can play at this level. And obviously they'll be buoyant after a 3 1 victory um, over Rangers at Ibrox at the weekend. So in taking the finish, the finish side. Um, back to Petodre, I think that will um, will be a, a phenomenal atmosphere, and uh, I, I do think all three Scottish sides can um, get ma- uh, victories, and uh, I fully expect that. And I think Aberdeen should be fairly confident, considering they only narrowly lost away in Germany to Eintracht Frankfurt, who were Europe League winners only a couple of seasons ago, um, and also they're starting to pick up a bit of form now. So no, I expect Aberdeen to win. And hopefully all three Scottish sides will win in Europe. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I'll just quickly go through as well. Uh, so obviously Celtic Lazio, it's a big game for Celtic. They'll have 
they all have to take something from this at least at least a point. Um, you know, they can't afford to lose that at all, especially the fact that they lost in the first game in the group. Uh, you know, obviously Celtic are coming in the, into this after a dramatic win at the weekend. Um, and Lazio coming into this, not in the greatest of form, as you said. Uh, the manager, Maritz Rosari, is not the happiest at the moment. Uh, so it'll be t- interesting to see how Lazio turn up um, to Celtic Park. You know, for Celtic, they will have a lot more space in the, in the game because Lazio will look to come and try and play their game. Um, so it's going to be an interesting game uh, to watch. Um, it's hard to call. Uh, who's, I'm, I'm going to say a draw. I think it will be a draw, that game. Um, you know, and I think if that ended in the draw, I think Celtic would be would be pretty happy. Uh, although they would, they, they'll obviously want to get all three points. And then Aberdeen Helsinki, you know, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I would have been pretty worried about Aberdeen for this game because of the 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 start to the season they had. But ever since their first game in the Conference League uh, against Frankfurt, you know, the the change in performances has been really good. You know, they've had some... Uh, the last three games have been really good. Uh, you know, also a brilliant win at the weekend against Rangers at Ibrox. So they'll be going into this game with confidence. Um, they're up to as well, you know. And I think they will win that game uh, just due to the form that they're in. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I do think Aberdeen will, will get the three points um, against Helsinki. And then Aris Lamassol versus Rangers. You know, we've just talked about uh, the managerial change at Rangers. You know, Stephen Davis will be the interim. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how Rangers uh, come into that match. Um, you know, obviously they're going to a place which is going to be hostile. It'll probably be warm as well. Um, you know, Rangers have had a good start to this campaign. You know, they beat Betis a couple of weeks ago, Real Betis. So um, I think Rangers will win that match. Uh, I think they'll just have enough uh, to win that. I don't think they'll, they'll win by a big margin, but I think they'll just about have enough to win. Um, and I could see them making it two wins from two in the group stage. Um, so we will now move on to reacting to last weekend's English Premier League results. So I'm just quickly going to go through them. So on Saturday, the, the match is finished. Aston Villa 6, Brighton 1. AFC Bournemouth 0, Arsenal 4. West Ham United 2, Sheffield United 0, Newcastle United 2, Burnley 0, Man United 0, Crystal Palace 1, Everton 1, Luton Town 2, Wolves 2, Man City 1, and Tottenham 2, Liverpool 1. And and on Sunday, uh, there was only one match played on Sunday, and that was Nottingham Forest 1, Brentford 1. And Monday... Um, there was only one match played, and that was Fulham nil, Chelsea two. So, Pierce, which match from these set of results stands out to you the most? There's quite a few, but I've I've went with two that I thought were the two biggest results, um, and that was the Tottenham two, Liverpool one, and Wolves two, Manchester City one. So we'll start off with the Tottenham two, Liverpool one. Um, thought Spurs um, again at home and. Unbeaten start to the season have been phenomenal. And also, there's a lot of controversy surrounding the game in terms of the officiating. Um, and also, there's two red cards for Liverpool. The first one with uh, Curtis Jones with a over the top tackle over on Yves Basuma, which I think that's a 
all day a straight a straight red um because he could have easily broken his leg because his foot was planted uh, East Basuma. And then the Jota one, he get booked a minute before, and then the second one, he lunges. And it's, a, it's a second bookable offence. I don't think you can complain very little the red cards. But I think the the controversial decision was the, the offside goal for Luis Diaz, which for me, when you look at the still images, it, it, it was clearly onside, and that was obviously a wrongdoing. And obviously Liverpool then filed a complaint against the, uh, the, the FA looking for a a rematch or a point, but that's not also not going to happen. Um, but Tottenham again, showing again that they can play against the big boys and again, they've played some f- fantastic football at times and when you've got Richarlison, Madison, Son, Kulisevsky, uh, to name a few that have just been outstanding this start of season, especially Son and Madison, the connection they've got um, and Son's now got um, six Premier League goals as a start of the season in only seven games. And that's some point for the middle, so maybe that's a, a sign of things to come for Tottenham. And in terms of Wolves, Manchester City, obviously Manchester City are now plagued a bit with injuries, um, but still you expect them with the quality they have in the field to to beat Wolves. But like we say, last year, um, Gary Neal under Bournemouth managed wonders, uh, coming into a difficult situation. He's, he's now done the same, coming into a difficult situation at Wolves. But he didn't really spend any money over the summer. Julian Lopetegui complained, then left. And obviously getting a, a 2-1 victory over Wolves. Uh, Manchester City it was a phenomenal result. And obviously even more sweeter that it was uh, Hwangi Chan that got the winner after Pep Guardiola's comments uh, post uh, before the game, uh, calling Hwangi Chan the Korean guy, which uh, makes it a bit sweeter um, because obviously it's a bit disrespectful uh, towards your opponents. And uh, I think Pep Guardiola's got previous for that when he, when he thinks he's a, bit, he's a bit arrogant at times, but obviously with the, the money they've spent as well, so you expect them to win the game, but Wolves, phenomenal achievement, quality performance, and uh, some nice, really nice goals. I think the standout performer was Pedro Neto, who gave Nathan Aki a torrid time down that right-hand side. Um, yeah, and I expect Wolves to kind of kick on now with a f- fantastic result against the... The table winners. Uh, yeah. Um, the match that probably stands out to me the most is the ma- uh, Wolves 2 Man City 1 result. Just due to the fact that I don't think anyone expected Man City to lose that match. And also the fact Wolves haven't had the greatest start to the season. You know, um, obviously Man City came into that match and they've won every game in the league um, already. And, you know, the fact that Man City have lost that match, it kind of now maybe it makes the league look a bit more interesting, you know, because it did look like for a point that Man City were going to kind of start running away with it. Um, but the fact that they've lost the weekend, um, you know, it's kind of pulled that back. And there's only kind of a point between uh, three, four teams now. So, um, yeah, and obviously a great result for Wolves. You know, I think they really needed that. You know, they've had a quite a tough, a tough uh, few games, um, you know, and... For Gary and Neil, he'll hope that that kind of result kicks on, kick starts out of season, and uh, can can I get some moving up the table again? Uh, there is a couple of other results here. Obviously, Man United uh, getting beat at Old Trafford against Crystal Palace one 0 You know what a result for Crystal Palace. Um, to go to Old Trafford and and win one 0 and keep a clean sheet as well is is fantastic. Um, especially the fact that Crystal Palace had been beaten by Man United the previous game. 
at Old Trafford, you know, so to go back on Saturday and kind of get revenge would be is is brilliant for Roy Hodgson. And for Man United, you know, it's you know it's it's such a bad start to the league campaign. Uh, I don't really know what's going on there. You know, they just it just seems to be a recurring theme of Man United that there just always seems to be, you know, I wouldn't say I would I wouldn't say a crisis, but um, there just always seems to be trouble at the start of every season for Man United recently. Um, you know, there just doesn't seem to be any any real flow to their game at the moment. You know, they just seems to be struggling a lot. So um, Eric Ten has got his work cut out to kind of to really fix that. Um, because it could be, it could be a really really rough season if Man United don't kind of sort it out quickly, and then just finally, obviously the big talk was Tottenham Liverpool. Uh, you know it was a brilliant game to watch. Uh, you know two teams that really want to try and win the game. You know also Liverpool finished with nine men. Um, you know you were saying that you think it was both of them are both red cards. Uh, I think both of them. You know the first one with Curtis Jones. You know. I can understand why the referees give him a red card. You know, it does look bad when you see the VER in slow motion. Um, but you know, I think it was just the way he kind of went into the ball. You know, it was re- it just all happened really quick. I don't think he meant to do it. Uh, I think he tried to roll the ball, the roll, the roll the ball back to himself. Um, but he's caught Basuma, and yeah, it's a red card. And then, um, for Jota's red card, you know, he got two bookings. I think the first booking is really harsh because I don't even think he's even attempted to try and win the ball. I think he's just running back and uh, a doggy's uh, accidentally clipped his uh, foot onto Jota's knee and he's ended up tripping and Jota's got himself a yellow card. But if you're on a yellow card, you know, you can't make any other fouls and Jota made a stupid foul um, and he got two bookings and at the end of the day, it was really deserved for the the second challenge that he made. And then obviously the DER call, which was really controversial with Luis Diaz, that the PGM OL um they did rule at the end of the game that they got they made a mistake and that Luis Diaz goal should have stood. And it's brought the whole argument again about um you know VER and if it's if it's really working. Um so uh, yeah so a lot a, a big weekend of Premier League football. Uh, you know, lots going on, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll no doubt be talking more about the drama that's happened in the Premier League uh, next week. Um, so, we also have teams, English teams playing in European matches this week, and they include Man United versus Galatasaray, Lens versus Arsenal, Newcastle versus PSG, RB Leipzig versus Man City, and then in the Conference League, uh, Aston Villa versus Sir- Zerinsky, Mostar, and in the Europa League, ST Freiburg versus West Ham, Marseille versus Brighton, and Liverpool versus Union Saint Galois. So, Pierce, what's your thoughts on these upcoming European matches? Well, some really nice, tasty ties there, but I've, I've picked it two for me that I think are the standout fixtures. Um, so the first one is going to be in the Champions League for Newcastle against PSG St James's Park and Marseille in the Stade Velodrome against uh, Brighton. Uh, so I think we'll start off with the Newcastle PSG. And also I think Newcastle were buoyant from their 0-0 draw to San Siro. Um, largely down in, in to a 
phenomenal performance from Nick Pope, um, keeping them in the, in the game because Milano somehow uh, ruled the road, the missed chances, and this somehow they don't know how they how they didn't win that game, um, because they created enough chances to win it. But I think Newcastle were kind of very pragmatic and defended for their lives at times. But also with the with it now being at St James's Park against PSG, who don't seem to be the all superstar side that they were of previous years, because consider there's now no Neymar, there's no Messi, and I'm not too sure if Kylian Mbappe will be fit. But um, if he is, then that's a a really uh, tough task for them. Um, but respect the atmosphere to be absolutely incredible, considering PSG have still got some quality players on show. And um, St James's Park under the lights and the Champions League anthem, I think it's uh, it's just meant to be, and it's uh, been a long time coming for them. And uh, I think it'll be an absolute momentous occasion. And I do think Newcastle could possibly nick a draw, maybe win, because they have been up and down this season. In terms of the Premier League, would have blown teams away, and obviously they've been slipped up um, in certain games that you wouldn't expect them to. But in all. Really looking forward to that match. I think that one will be end-to-end. It'll be a, a thrilling match to watch. And in terms of the Marseille-Brighton, we talk at Brighton a lot in the Premier League, how how exciting they are to watch. Um, but I think, obviously, in recent weeks, they have kind of dipped in form a little bit. Um, they're surprisingly lost in match day one um, of the Europa League. And obviously, this is the first time in Europe ever. And obviously, now they're, that was at home. Um, against AEK Athens we lost 3-2 narrowly um, I don't think they played well at all they rotated the side quite a lot and now they're going to one of the, probably the most hostile atmospheres in European football and that's the Stade Velodrome in Marseille it's certainly when, if, whenever you watch like PSG Marseille game it's, it's the scene's absolutely incredible it looks, it looks like a thing out of like rock, rubber plate and Boca Juniors it's, it, looks, it looks that intense so I do think it will be a really tough night for Brighton and um, I do see them getting beat uh, narrowly because obviously they did get an absolute hammer in the weekend off the Aston Villa. Uh, so they're the two matches that I'll, I'll be looking out for um, in terms of European uh, matches for the English sides. Uh, yep. Um, you know, I was just looking through the matches there. Um, a lot of interesting matches there. Obviously, Man United versus Gareth Asterite. That's going to be a really interesting match to watch. Uh, obviously, Man United will be looking for a reaction. I think Man United will win that one just narrowly. Um, you know, I think they'll just have enough. Uh, Lens versus Arsenal again. Lens who had a brilliant season last season. Um, you know the fact that in the Champions League is is such a great achievement for them. Um, but I just think Arsenal, just with the strength of squad we've got, I just think again they'll have too much for Lens, and I think Arsenal will. Uh, run out winners in that match. Um, for me, this is the standout game of the, the 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 week. But Newcastle versus PSG is going to be such an exciting match to watch. That's going to be really really good to watch. Um, I really don't know with this match. It's it's so hard to call. I'm going to say a draw. I'm going to say a draw just because the fact that you know I think St James's Park, you know Newcastle. I just think I just don't see. Both teams having enough to win that match. So I'm going to say a draw for that match. And then RB Leipzig versus Man City. Again, a really good match to watch. You know, both teams play really good football. 
Um, I'm actually going to say I draw for that match as well. Um, because I just think Man City's situation with their injuries at the moment. You know, I just don't think they've got the, the kind of strength of squad to to get through that match with a win. And then in the Conference League, we've got one match with Aston Villa, Zerinsky uh, and Morsta, who um, will be getting into that match full of, you know, eagerness and really want to pull off a short result. Um, but again, I can only see Aston Villa winning that match, um, especially the fact that they're at home as well. And then in Europa League, um, Freiburg versus West Ham, a really good game. You know, Freiburg are a really good Bundesliga side. Um, you know, I can't really call that one. Again, I'm I'm probably going to say just a West Ham win, just about. Um, but that's going to be a really interesting match to watch. Um, and then Marseille versus Brighton, which is, that'd be such an exciting match to watch as well. You know, two Italian managers, uh, Gattuso versus De Zerbe. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see how they how they two um fare out in the in this week's upcoming match. Um, I'm actually going to say Brighton win that match just due to the fact of the situation at Marseille at the moment. You know, it, there seems to be a lot of issues there. Um, you know, and I just think Brighton will have such a big reaction from the the defeat they had, um, at the weekend, and then finally Liverpool versus Union Saint Gallois. Um, you know, I just think plainly that Liverpool will have will just be too strong for them, especially the fact that they're at Anfield. And yeah, I think Liverpool will win that match um as well. Um so for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yeah, so we'll go start off with some um Korean one league action. Um so Saturday the 30th of September. We had Poling Steelers nil, Ulsan Hyundai nil, Suwon FC one, FC Seoul one, Jumbo Hyundai Motors one, Dave FC three, uh, Intronate two, Suwon Samsung Blowings nil, and then Sunday the 1st of October with Gangwon FC one, Dejan Hana Citizen one, Judge United one, Guangzhou FC two. And um, so that's leaving the table looking like this. Um, we have Ulsan Hyundai on top uh, on 66 points. In second position, we have Huang Steelers in 58, and the third position with Guangzhou FC on 51. And down at the bottom of the table, we have Gangwon FC on 26 points, and at the foot of the table, we have Suwon, Samson Blowings on 22 points. So I just see it's really tight at the both top and the bottom of the table. And uh, next week will be the last match day before the top half and bottom half split. Yeah, so that's all the kind of... Korean Football uh, League action. So now we're moving on to the Japanese League. So J League One. Um, so on Friday the 29th of September, we had three matches, and that was um, Kawasaki Frontale 2, Albrecht Nagata 3. Um, and then the match of the season, which I've done a match report on the Football Tube website, so go check that out. That is Yokama F. Maros 0, Vassel Kobe 2, um, Uwarare Diamonds 1, Yokama FC 1. And then on Saturday, the 30th of September, to round things off, we had Hoikido, Considol, Sapporo 1, Kawashi Arisal 2, Avispa Fukuoka 0, Kawashi Anders 0, Serious Osaka 0, Shonan Belmer 2, Sagan 2 3, Kyoto Sanga FC 2, San Roshima 3, Nagoya Grampus 1. And then Sunday, the 1st of October, we had one match, and that was FC Tokyo 3, Gamble Osaka 0. So that's leaving the table looking like this. 
So at the top of the table, we have Vassil Kobe on 58 points after 29 matches. And then we've got now Yokama F. Marnos now four points behind following that um, table, uh, top of the table clash. Um, so Yokama F. Marnos have got all to play for in the remaining five matches um, to stand any chance of retaining a crown. And uh, Kevin Musket's side have got it all to play for now. And uh, Vassil it's, it's in Vassil Kobe's hands to lose now, I think. So we've also got all the way from third to eighth position, we've got Urani Diamonds on 50 points, Kyle Shuttler's on 47, Sam Fitcher Oshma on 47, Logo Grampus on 47, and then Cerezo Saka and Avispa Fakoka both on 45 points. So as you can see, you've got five sides, no, six sides, sorry, separated by only five points. So it's all to play for in the remaining um, top six slash... Um, Asian Champions League positions. And at the bottom of the table, we've got um, a straight shootout between Kawashiro Deso on 16th on 29 points, Sean Belmer in 17th on 24 points, and Yokama FC in 18th position on 23 points to stave off the fight of relegation. And uh, like we said, with only five games remaining, it's all to play for, and um, it's set for a thrilling end to the season, both at the top and bottom half of the table. So now we're moving on to some Asian football news. Um, uh, Son Hyun Min, the South Korean and Tottenham Hotspur captain, has never played for an Asian club, but has now, uh, with his goal against Liverpool, has now reached a milestone 200 club goal. Son scored 20 goals for Hamburg, 29 for Bayer Leverkusen, and 151 goals for Tottenham Hotspur. Son is in top form this season with six goals in his first uh, seven Premier League games of the season. He's now sixth in Tottenham's all-time top scorers list and remains a key player for Spurs after Harry Kane's departure. And manager Ange Postacoglu values his football and talent and leadership abilities. And uh, South Korea have also revealed their squad list for the upcoming friendlies against Tunisia and Vietnam in the next international break. So South Korea will host Tunisia um, at the South World Cup Stadium on the 13th of October and that's set for an 8pm kickoff, um, Korean Southern Time. And uh, South Korea are also set to play Vietnam in the South World Cup Stadium also on the 17th of October and that's also set for an 8pm kickoff. Um, so the squad list is, um, so three goalkeepers in Kim Sung-gyu, Kim Jong-hong and Joe Hyun-woo. And they've got obviously the defenders, Kim min Jae. Kim Yong-won, Kim Joo-sung, Kim Jin-soo, Kim Tae-wan, So Young-woo, Lee Ki-ji, Jung Sung-hyun, and then the midfielders we've got Moon Sung-min, Park Young-woo, Son Hyun-min, Lee Kang-in, Lee Sun-min, uh, Lee Jae-sung, uh, and a recall um, for the start of the under-23 South Korea's um, for in the Asian Games in 2022, which is still going on at the current moment um, of recording. Uh, so it's a first recall for uh, Jung Woo Young um, since the World Cup in Qatar. He all has 11 caps so far uh, and two goals in name for the former Bayern Munich um, star, and he'll be looking to add to that impressive tally. And we've also got Hong Hyung Suk, Hwang Yin Bom, and the match one at the weekend, Wang Yi Chan, and also three followers in Ouyang Gu from Celtic, Choga Sung from SM Thailand, and Huang Yujo. Um, so 
the Korean Legends All-Star Games, which will be held in Seoul on the 20th of October. Um, I'm proud to announce that I will be attending that match and I'll have content on the website in the form of match reports and potentially pictures with some of the legends that are going to be on show. So some of the legends that include um, Ronaldo Nazario, Ronaldinho, Roberto Carlos, Kaka, Rivaldo, Francesco Totti, Alessandro Del Piero, Fabio Cannavaro, Paolo Maldini, Marco Materazzi, and many more. So with three teams of South Korean legends, Brazil legends, and Italian legends, it's set to be a remarkable spectacle here in South Korea. And here at Football Chugu, we've got you covered. And that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Football Trigger podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Trigger YouTube channel and also the Football Trigger website. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.